Warning. The following episode will contain politics, random author research, wrong pronunciation of fucking Nevada, strong language, cat freakouts, attack ads with dogs, and the following episode will contain democracy. Welcome to the Ben Library Podcast. Welcome to the Band Library Podcast. My name is S.D. Harker, librarian, writer, candidate for president of the American Library Association. You can write in your vote as appreciated. If I win, I promise to abolish all libraries. That's my platform. You can follow me on Twitter at BandWriter. That's W-R-I-T-E-R. You can also follow the library at Band Library on Twitter, also on Facebook, and probably on Parlor hunting Nazis because we got a lot of spare time. I don't pay attention to anything really other than Twitter, though, so do what you gotta do. If you'd like to help support the Band Library, you can become a friend over on Patreon, patreon.com slash bandlibrary. There's a link in the post on the website all over the place. For a dollar a month, the Friends of the Library get access to damn near everything we've ever posted, Going back at least seven years, probably closer to ten at this point. Today we're going to deal with Bad Kitty for President. It's about a bad kitty who runs for the neighborhood cat president and learns a lot along the way, including some ways to not say swear words. The book is written by author Nick Bruel. Nicholas Tongbing Bruel was born at some point. To parents, I assume. He was raised by someone at some point and at some time or fashion was given art supplies or else he drew in the wall with poo and blood or whatever, you know, like all artists do. He is half Chinese. His middle Chinese name was given to him by his mother, roughly translated as the sun is rising. Kind of like that tidbit. He attempted to be published for around 20 years or so, saying his first words were, or first works, were not the best. He's won numerous awards, um, not for this book, but many. According to several biography about sections, he has Pez dispensers. He grows tomatoes in his backyard. He lives in Terrytown, New York, with his wife Karina and their lovely cat, Esmeralda. His daughter, Izzy, is a Vietnamese descent. And that's all I really know about him, other than one day he was sitting around thinking about title for a book, because he says he starts with titles, and he thought, Bad Kitty. Uh, well, what kind of things would a bad guy get into? And all these things started coming at him, like, oh yeah, I bet fucking cats hate that shit. And because cats 
generally hate most everything and attempt to either kill or ignore most of the world, he decided to do an A to Z book. That became the first Bad Kitty book. There's been a bunch of them. Uh, Sorry, I didn't do that kind of research where I looked up facts and figures about things. I just mostly focused on this book today because, well, we're just having fun, right? Especially since, in November 2016, it was reported the parents of Henderson, Nevada's James Gibson Elementary School said they didn't like this book so much. It had been given out as an assignment to students, but several parental figures, I say parental figures because in the news articles I read, it was mostly like, oh, this person's aunt really didn't like it. You know, that kind of thing. So who knows what the parents actually thought, but anyway... You're in charge of a child. You get to speak to the paper, apparently, when you're pissed. There were two instances of profane words have been bleeped using Grawlix. And just to save us all time, Grawlix is where you poo, like, you put, it's where you poo, it's where you put, like, um, ampersand. Uh, According to this, there's two explanations in Bad Kitty for President. One is, holy beep, and that beep is, a percent sign, a hashtag, at symbol, dollar sign. There's also another one. What the beep is that? Parents were divided, again. Some, like the aunt of that kid, who was like, I can't believe you bleep swear words in a children's book. And one, who was just like, I don't care. And the Clark County School District said no formal complaint had been made, even though one... Mom said the teacher said they'd pull the book, so whatever. Undeclared, unclear as to what happened at the end of this challenge, but it is official because it made the papers, and I guess that pisses people off. Now, Brule commented that parents are welcome to take offense. He's not sure what they were offended by. He didn't put any swear words in there. He just put the um, Grawlicks. Later at a banned book symposium this year, 2020, he said, quote, this could mean holy cow, holy smokes, or holy salami. Of course, it could also mean holy blank, insert bad word of your choice here. But by using Grolix, I allow the reader to choose what word it could be. They are, in the long run, just words. Unquote. Which makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, is it? Something that my damaged mind immediately said, holy shit, holy fuck, what the fuck is that? Why is a small child saying those terms? Why didn't he just write holy salami, a lot of you are saying? Well, because holy salami is stupid. And while this book, while silly, it's not very stupid. And I like the idea that he lets you decide what expletive might mean something in the future. Maybe 300 years from now, when people are using this book as a template for how our election system went, they can fill in their own blank for, you know, holy fragonoli. Makes the book evergreen, that's all I'm saying. By not placing it at a time and a place to where children know the words like shit and fuck. 
because we all know our children are pure and innocent snowflakes. Correct. They've never heard a bad word in their lives, and there's no way they could. Ah, I'm just fucking with you. Kids are fucking little monster garbage creatures that inhale everything you can, and if you tell them no, the whole purpose of this podcast is that they will try to find out the yes. So, yeah, whatever. So what else freaked out? Let's let's get into the plot of this book, because honestly, that's the only thing that freaked people out that I could find. Yeah, it's just the, the Grolics in there. You put kids' words in my head, or you put dirty words in my kid's head by not actually writing them and making him say them. It's a stupid argument, but it's a fun one. So let's get into the plot. Bad Kitty, tired of all the stray cats in the neighborhood, is told by our narrator, Hey, you could run for president. Old Kitty's about to retire. And, okay, I'm going to stop saying Kitty. There's going to be bad, strange, old, big, and uh, chatty. Which I'm not going to talk about a whole lot of chatty because it's mostly just diatribe legs and shit. But anyway, so I'm going to try not to say kitty a thousand times, even though the book does, and it's part of the charm. It's just going to drive me crazy. So after passing the primary by kissing a baby, because that's what you have to do in this world, is kiss a baby to be in the primary, bad kitty, bad goes against big on the campaign trail. Bad gets in trouble for attacking big and for trying to bribe Chatty with a fish. Both of them. Bad things. Gets him in trouble. Bad fires our narrator over the bad publicity. And gets Uncle Murray to build a website to gather funds. A 527 group is formed to say that Big is a dog. Through political ads on the television and such. A debate is called Strange. And there's actual mouse. Spent a lot of time arguing about whether or not they were supposed to go to the same convention or could not. I didn't really quite understand this part. I kind of enjoyed it, though. Strange asks Bag, Bad Kitty, about the stray cats in the neighborhood. You know, the election issues. And Big says he likes French fries, which is why he licked the baby in the first place and gotten put in the primary. Kitty. Bad Kitty. I kind of failed at that whole not saying kitty thing, didn't I? Doubles down, says that big as a dog, and that's all there is to it. On election day, we learn bad can't vote. It's not registered. And all the votes are tallied, and it seems all the rest of the cats wrote themselves in. No one is the winner. Until an absentee balance shows up. It's old kitties. And he voted for Strange, saying, quote, Strange was the only kitty in the debate worth listening to. Unquote. Strange doubts himself, and Mouse props him up, saying, maybe that's the reason you should be president, that you doubt yourself. You're good. You're the winner. And as bad kitty starts to freak out, the narrator basically says, shut the fuck up, sit the fuck down. This is democracy. This is how democracy works. Everyone gets an equal chance and an equal vote. So you don't get to be mad about this. Sit down and shut up. And he does, and it's nice. And that's the end of our story. 
a general critique on this. The art is actually probably my favorite part. I really liked it. It's fun, kinetic, it's expressive. Reminded me a lot of uh, Sunday comic book strips. I read in a pretty good interview with Brol that he laid out how he draws. Um, first, he does like a ink. Then he uses watercolors to do the background. And then uses like a plate film cover to draw the actual characters, the figures, to make them stand out more. Now, it's old school drawing technique. It's really, and it works. A lot of care goes in these books, you can tell. And they can take from six months to nine months to put together from what he says. And it really shows that these books are well-crafted. They're put together. It's really nice. The book is educational. I'll be honest. I learned a lot from this book. It's silly. Uh, you know, there's whole things about grassroots campaigns. So bad kitty starts digging up the lawn. But it actually does feed into, especially with the glossary in the back, laying out all the political terms, putting them in entertaining ways. At times, the text can... Like, the pages can just fill with text and become, unlike a little much, you turn the page and you're like, oh, Jesus, like a Brian Michael Bendis comic. Like, oh, God damn it. Okay, we're, let's, let's let's power through this. But I bet if this was used in the classroom, a uh, better than average number of students would retain the knowledge simply because it's fun to read. It's entertaining. It's funny. And part of that fun comes with uh, my next big topic was the meta humor. A lot about how the narrator and the kitty interact, make me laugh. It was really kind of funny. Uh, there's just general comments and questions. And then halfway through the book, the cat fires the narrator as his uh, political consultant. Then the narrator just gets to be shocked by what the outlandish political steps Kitty's going through. That's where we get the, holy shit. And what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's kind of great. It all works in a comic book sort of way, much like that old Daffy Duck cartoon where he's fire fighting with the artist. It kind of works that way. It's it's just really entertaining how the bad kitty fights and shocks the author. Inside of that, there's uh, some pretty wry commentary about American politics in here. Sadly, a lot of it very prescient. Like how bad kitty only goes into politics because all the strays in the neighborhood. Either this is about immigrants or the homeless, but it nails the wrong attitudes one can begin a political career with. My only complaint is that there's no good candidate here, but that actually may be itself another bit of commentary. They're just pretty damn funny. I do like how Strange gets it, even though he didn't even try. Sometimes I think that's the best. But the guy who's not doesn't want to lead up in charge, he'll probably do the best. And overall, this book's very patriotic. My favorite bit really ties all this together. The art, the education, the meta-humor all come together in the end when Kitty loses the election. The narrator knows, as a bad Kitty, he's going to flip the fuck out and just shuts him down. Let's just say it hit a little close to home when the narrator says, no, you don't get to freak out about this. This is how democracy works. That accepting the loss of an election is part of an election. In some ways, it's the most important part. That by agreeing to the win or the loss, we can have another election later where someone else is going to win and someone else is going to lose. Because that's democracy and the point of the election and the system that's in play. Not all the baggage that comes with the campaign, not all that stuff, the organizing the money, democracy is the most important part. 
the election system continues. That it's bigger than all that other stuff that we've talked about. All that other stuff can be changed. The fact that when the election's over, the loser concedes and the winner continues. That just hit way harder home, particularly in this political climate. I'm not trying, you know, it's it's just, it's a fact. It's all it is. And that leads us to the recommendation. Do you want to, should I, should you read this book? Yeah, yeah. I recommend that for everybody that can read, pick it up. You might learn something. You might laugh a couple times. You may just enjoy yourself. It's a good little read. It's fun. I would push this definitely towards a preteen audience somewhere in there. They may just laugh and joke about and get interested in our elections. So yeah, go check out Mad Kitty for President by Nick Burrell. Hope I'm saying his name right. And that's all we have for this week. Remember to follow us on Twitter, all that other crap. If you want to help us out, Patreon, patreon.com slash library. Thank you for listening. Stay in. Read a book. Music, Dances and Dames, by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.